Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It is good to be with you today, and as always, I'll have my right-hand man, Mr. Joe Kaleo of UBS, joining me. We're going to be diving into yet another wealth management-related discussion. That's what we do here on the show, and we've got a really good one today. We're also going to be joined by a special guest in Mr. John Boland, Vice President of Alliant Insurance Services, and boy, are we looking forward to the conversation today. To kind of frame things up for you before we say hi to the gentleman, uh, you know, look, we all have the standard insurance that helps protect us in different ways, shapes, and forms, especially for our finances, such as, you know, auto insurance or homeowners insurance. But are those policies enough? That's the big question we're going to be asking. Uh, Specifically, are they enough to safeguard your assets if you're faced with an extremely big, you know, claim against you. So today we're going to be taking a closer look at this idea of an umbrella policy uh, and discovering just how important it really is to safeguard those significant assets. So first, let's go ahead and bring Joe out and say, hey, Joe, it's good to see you today. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Good to see you. I'm glad we've got John Boland with us today. Can I introduce you? Please, please. You know, you know, Ryan, so many times when we're doing wealth management, we've got so many things we have to think about. Some things we do directly, some things we bring our partners in on. And John Boland and I have been colleagues for quite some time. He's a professional in insurance with Alliant Insurance in Houston. And John's been my partner on umbrella insurance. And I thought no better than bring the content expert in on umbrella insurance. So John, we're glad you're here. Your money in a cup of Joe. Let's uh, let's toast to your first appearance with us. Well, on thank our you for having me today. Here, man. It, gentlemen, on a on a cold, wet or a nasty, wet day in Houston for sure. It's good to be here. We're glad oh, you're we, here. Man. Yeah, we appreciate you carving some time out with us, John. Uh, let's hey, let's start with the obvious question. There's no better place to start. Uh, Joe, why don't you frame things up for us? First and foremost, what is a personal umbrella policy? Yeah, yeah, Ryan, it's a type of insurance that provides liability coverage above and beyond your regular auto or homeowners insurance. But John, let let me turn to you. I mean, that even goes be above and beyond that, doesn't it? That's a good question and uh, a good start to this. Um, umbrella coverage sits over general liability. And in this discussion, we're talking about personal umbrella sitting over your personal assets, home, auto, boat, RV, um, uh, any of the things you have that might be moving or stationary on the ground. Um, And an umbrella policy protects against a third-party lawsuit alleging that you or your family or your property have caused damage to a third party. Well, I appreciate you framing that up for us. I think that's a a nice way to start that high level way of thinking about this umbrella policy. But let's dive one step deeper, gentlemen. Joe, could you give us maybe some examples of what these very large claims that I mentioned earlier might look like or entail uh, just to get this conversation rolling even further? Yeah, Ryan, let's think about this, right? Oftentimes parents have kids, teenage kids, just getting their license, maybe a little excited to be out with their friends, borrows the car one night, goes out, heads out, drives a little too fast, loses control. Unfortunately, someone gets killed, others seriously hurt. It's a personal tragedy, right? 
but that could also put you at great personal risk. I mean, so what would happen to your finances if you're sued by one of the family members? Or say you have a birthday party for young kids and they rent a bouncy house and that becomes untethered and there's injuries and young kids get hurt and it damages neighbor's property. I mean, that could be another example. And John, I know you've dealt with this. What are some of the examples or stories that you've had to deal with as an insurance agent? Well, I hate to say this, but over my 33 years in doing this, the list is too long to, to go through at this point. But those were great examples, Joe. I will say some of the ones that I've experienced recently have been uh, uh, ATV accidents on ranches um, with guests uh, where, you know, they're going uh, either children or adults are, are, are traveling way too fast on these vehicles, uh, hit, a, hit a bump or a log and unfortunately either get, you know, seriously injured or even uh, death can occur. Another one that's been uh, creeping up a lot is uh, texting and driving. You know, uh, certainly there's drinking and driving, but texting and driving has become a very, uh, a very uh, uh, problematic area. And when somebody has assets, as Joe mentioned earlier, in this litigious world, wherein the more assets you have, the bigger target you are. God forbid somebody in your family causes harm to a third party. Sure, sure. And John, for incidents like the ones that you and Joe just illustrated for us, uh, that might require this additional level of insurance. What would you say are the limits then that standard coverage maybe won't be able to help us with? You know, talk to me about this this need for additional insurance when you're facing a significant claim like like serious injury or even death, like you mentioned. So typically your home or your auto, just to take those two, because I don't want to go through everything I said at the beginning of this conversation, but those typically have three hundred to $500,000 of general liability coverage. Well, if you injure somebody and they're paralyzed, I can assure you they're going to want more than $500,000 for their the problem that they've incurred, particularly if you have financial assets. So you know the proper amount uh, or the levels that, that are out there are, are really... Um, you know, it's 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 as much as you can can get, uh, depending on your 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 situation and your underwriting. Um, uh, you know, your ability to be underwritten. Appreciate that, John. And, and John, do you have to be particularly, or rather, I'll throw this one over to Joe. Do you have to be particularly concerned then if you're somebody that does have significant assets and maybe a claim is inevitable if if situations like these could arise? Ryan, let's be honest, right? Wealth paints a target on your back. And people understand that if you have substantial wealth or amount of money or assets, that can be something that's pursued easily or pursued often, even if it's unwarranted. So consider some of the reasons that people or the even the situations that you could find yourself that potentially boost the probability of being sued. You have a swimming pool, you have horses, you have, have large parties, you have staff, um, you're on a charitable board. I mean, John, you see some of these things. What are some of the things that people that you know of, you're looking at, size of the home, business, what? What do you see? What we're looking at is we're looking at really three components. We're looking at the financial uh, assets of the family. We're looking at the physical assets of the family, all the stuff, the moving parts, as I mentioned earlier. And lastly, we're looking at lifestyle you know how do you how do you live your life are you 
entertaining at your home? Are you having fundraisers at your home? Are you having uh, uh, parties at your home? All of those things are where risk lies. And so we put all of that together to determine what is the proper um, what is the proper architecture or structure for that particular family. And as we all know, everything changes over time. Every family, you know, the kids grow up, they go to college, you know, uh, things change. Uh, but at any one given moment, those are the three things that we are looking at to develop a program. Sure thing. Sure thing. And gentlemen, to double click a little further into this idea of that personal umbrella policy, are there any aspects, Joe, where, or maybe even benefits perhaps of these policies that often go overlooked and people aren't really realizing that they have these benefits baked into that umbrella policy? I think so, Ryan. So an umbrella policy is often most useful for people that are helping protect assets from larger claims and lawsuits, right? That could potentially cause great financial hardship or even financial ruin. But John, I know there are some things that even surprise some people in what these coverages can provide for folks. Yeah, so, um, you know, social media is a big one. Uh, you know, if you, if your child posts something uh, inappropriate with another uh, with other people in the school that did not give them authorization for that and you get a lawsuit this policy is going to respond at a minimum with defense costs so your lawyers are going to be tapping into that 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 policy um, I would also say that um, in 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 folks who have condos and live in in high rises and things like that you know I've seen where you know, there's a fire in one high, one condo and the smoke ebbs into another residence or even more. And there's art in that residence and that art is damaged. That's a claim against your umbrella. And I've seen I've seen it go. I've seen a claim there up to 40, 50 million dollars. Um, and so those are things people don't think that can happen, but they do. John, oh, sure. your, yeah, John, what are your thoughts as well? I mean, we certainly think about physical injuries and physical damage. What about psychological injuries? I mean, is that also also covered by some of these policies along the way? Certainly, it's not a lead category of a claim, but certainly uh, pain and suffering and mental anguish and those sorts of things are going to be drawn into a lawsuit, um, certainly. Um Social media, the ones I mentioned earlier, I think that would fall into that. If you're a, if you're a a minor and or any human being really, and you're you're defamed on the internet, uh, and the world sees it, that's got to be uh, emotionally disturbing, um, and and reason for for legal action against the party that 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 caused that. Uh, no, gentlemen, this is a good dialogue here. I, in when we're looking at the amount of coverage because that's always a big question that goes to the forefront of I, I think most people's heads when they look at insurance in any way shape or form joe is there a particular amount of umbrella protection that you should have if you have sizable assets in, in you know in your uh, in your possession yeah ryan almost every time i bring this up with a client to begin the conversation they want to know what what amount should they have and what premium should they pay and there's no one single answer and it's not something we get to in the first conversation, it's several things, right? That's why getting an analysis done of your needs is certainly the first step. And what do you have in place, right? So it is two parts in all of what goes on. And 
it's all part of what happens in just setting all of this up. But John, I mean, you do this day in and day out. Talk us through, right, the whole process for folks. So we at Alliance, we, we have a tool that we use where we ask uh, about 15 simple questions about your assets, lifestyle, the things I mentioned uh, previously in this session. Uh, and that gives us a non-scientific range of what we think the umbrella should be. Some clients take the upper range of that. Some clients take a lower range of that. Some clients take more than the range. Some clients take less. It's not a perfect uh, mathematical equation. However, it gives us great guidance. And what I would say is that people that take action and that do something about this are way better than people who do nothing about it, obviously. So uh, I'd be much more comfortable with my clients saying, I'll take the lowest end of the, of the range. I would feel better as an insurance professional and a risk advisor that they would do that. But again, no one size fits all, but something is better than nothing. And, and John, uh, we, you know, we touched on the amount of the insurance coverage, but the other flip side of that coin is the premium, right? It's the cost to the individual. So uh, the, uh, the other question that I'm sure gets asked all the time that you're faced with is how much these policies will cost, or at least what factors, you know, influence the premiums that folks pay. Talk to me a little bit about this. So the factors are going to be uh, a multitude of things. Um, again, it all goes back to how many things you have, right? If you have boats and motorcycles and horses and airplanes and, and all of these moving parts, it's going to cost more because there's way more uh, probability of something happening. Um, if you have teenage drivers, as Joe mentioned early, that's going to be a factor. Um, so, and also your, your claim record on your home and your auto is also going to be a factor. They're going to look at all of those, um, and, and put them into their algorithm, if you will, and that will determine the price. So it's really hard to say what it would be like per million dollars. Um, you know, uh, but, but, but it's, it's case by case. Sure. And sure. Think, and I think Brian, one thing is really ultimately, Umbrella policies really are pretty inexpensive because the severe occurrences that trigger these are generally pretty uncommon, right? You're right. Yeah, of course, of course. And and gentlemen, that I mean, clearly umbrella policies, you know, they're they're offering this this big layer of protection that you know we feel good in when we have it. But are there limits to you know what these policies can really do when it comes to safeguarding your assets if a if a big claim like we mentioned at the top of the show does come along? Well, I I, I don't know what you mean by limits as far as the number or limits as far as coverage. I would say that umbrella is not only um, uh, available as a personal line of coverage, but certainly as a corporate line of coverage. If you own a business or you're running a business. And you're, you know, you're running trucks or whatever. You can get umbrella that way as well to protect your assets. Um, if you sit on a board of directors, there's other types of insurance there. So um, it's the it's the greatest protection one could get uh, for sure. There's nothing that exceeds that as far as third party liability. 
Fantastic. Well, I appreciate that insight, John. And uh, frankly, I mean, we've covered a lot today with regard to the umbrella, you know, insurance policies that exist out there, the ins, the outs of them. And, and we've tapped into your expertise, John. So we appreciate you. And, um, Joe, I know you and John work closely in this world together in different ways, shapes, and forms for your clients. Joe, for anybody out there that's, you know, hearing this conversation, the message is resonating with them and they're realizing, oh, maybe this is something I should be looking more, you know, deeper into. What would be the best way that they could just reach out, open up a dialogue, and, and simply just get a conversation started about their unique needs? Yeah, Ryan, I think certainly folks could contact us. They know how to reach us on the web or call us at 844-296-8405 or, and then we can get you in touch with John, but, you know, don't be afraid to reach out right out to John directly. And John, how can they reach you? Certainly. My phone number is 713-299-7008 and the email is john.boland, that's B-O-L-A-N-D, at alliant, A-L-L-I-A-N-T.com. Oh, fantastic, John. Appreciate that. And, and gentlemen, look, I know you're busy, folks. You have a lot of clients to serve. We'll let you get back to doing that. But I appreciate you both carving some time out uh, to be with us here on the show, dive into this idea of personal umbrella policies. And uh, uh, John, hopefully we'll have you back here again for another episode down the road. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Joe. Have a great Cheers, week, John. Great to see you, man. I have my cup of Joe now. There you go. <laughs> All righty. Fantastic. Well, hey, look, folks, we also want to say one final goodbye and thank you, of course, to you for stopping by and being with us on the show today. If you took anything away from today's discussion surrounding this idea of a personal umbrella policy, you benefited from it in any way, shape or form. Well, go ahead and hit that subscribe button then on whichever platform you checked us out on. That way you never miss out on a future episode between Joe, myself or a conversation rather between Joe, myself and maybe another guest like John. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're taking the strategies, the solutions and frankly, the conversations that Joe's having with his clients and his network of professionals. And we're bringing them right here to you on this show. And by subscribing, you'll never miss out on one. Before Joe, for John, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Your Money and a Cup of Joe. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated. 
Office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.